the good non-profit website contains, uh, I will give you three things. First one is awareness of a problem and awareness of a solution, that's number two. And then the third is motivation to become a part of the solution. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of The Butterfly Effect. In this podcast series, we learn how to grow mission-driven organizations. I am your host Farhat Khan, CEO of Gripe. In this episode, we will learn how to create a digital roadmap for your website. Today I am joined with Osamu Wakabayashi. Osamu is the founder of Zen Ideas. Osamu is a web designer and digital marketer. He has helped some of the largest not-for-profits in Ottawa with their digital marketing. If you ever had a chance to work on a web design project in the past, you kind of know how it goes. We all know the colors that we like, we want to put up the beautiful pictures of our team and our services, and we kind of know what to say. After all, who does not want a beautiful looking website? But think of it one more time. Your website is really a marketing tool for your organization. So, the goal of your website is to convert the visitors into paying clients or get your visitors to use your services. So, if your website is not converting visitors into paying clients, that means it's probably not doing its job. In this episode, we will discuss how to create a highly functional website. We will give you a step-by-step approach to create a roadmap and we will talk about some of the most important aspects to create a functional website that is also beautiful looking at the same time. So let's get started. Hey Osamu, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thank you Fahad. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so we have known each other for a while and we both work in the same area. So I'm Mm -hmm. glad that we are getting to do this podcast together. Yeah, that's a great idea. All right. So do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm a web designer and a consultant. Uh, uh, We have a small company here in Ottawa, but we do uh, web design and consultation for only non-profit organizations. That's amazing. That's amazing. So the goal of our podcast today is to really come up with a digital roadmap for people Mm -hmm. to create their website. And what might happen is that when someone is trying to redesign their website or they want to get more impact from their company's website, then how to actually go about and do that with a proper plan in place and not just do random things here and there, right? So what we're trying to do today is create a roadmap to build their website or improve their website. Maybe people can do it right away in one mm-hmm. shot or they can do it over a longer period of time so um, we will try to like break it out in that way all right okay. so okay. in your view what is the role of a website for an organization yeah so it is certainly uh, the business tool like most of nonprofits thinks that uh, their website is just online brochure but uh, you know it, it is much more than that a uh, great website plays in the, the business online marketing tool you know can be sales tool i know you know it is a it is a business tool for me uh you know for example for non-profits uh the great website can gain and keep donors and supporters and volunteers 
And you know, you can attract the members, you know, if you're a member-driven organization. So uh, today's website needs to be uh, designed to solve problems, not just uh, you know, a web- website to be looking pretty. Yeah, that's, that's uh, right. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, so what you're saying is a website is more than a pretty face, so it should really be a function-oriented. So there has to be a goal. It, it has to be used as a marketing and sales tool, business tool. That's right. It is, it is a tool uh, to solve your problems. Uh, that, yeah. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, the way I look at it is that if you actually have a physical store, uh, say you you own a shop and then you have customers walking into that shop, if your shop is dirty, if your shop is looks really old and is like breaking down here and there, right? What impression will people have about your shop? Will they have a good impression? Will they actually want to buy from you? Probably not. In the online world, a website is very similar to that. A, a mm. website is your storefront. This is the this is the face of your organization that people will probably find at the first time when they're searching for uh, when when they're searching up uh, with your name. So mm-hmm. this is like your storefront in the online world. So I guess um, it has to look as pretty as possible, as if it was your physical store. Yeah, of course. You know, that's a given. Um, you know, it has to be nice looking and then, you know, clean design. But, uh, you know, I think uh, the website to be, uh, you know, much deeper than that. Yeah, that's, right, uh, that's right. my opinion. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. Now, uh, if I am to redesign the website of our organization's website, or maybe not redesign, like improve the website, what are some of the first questions should I be asking myself? Yeah. Um, you know what? Yeah, I have a problem with that. You know, lots of uh, uh, you know, the clients come up to me saying, hey, Osamu, you know, can you redesign website? You know, it's going to be simple. You know, it probably takes like a week or so. Uh no, it's not. <laughs> you yeah. know, they think uh, they they think that redesigning their website can be simple. You know, it's just like repainting walls. But uh, in reality, uh, you know, creating a successful website requires uh, multiple layers of effort. Um, you know, it's it is more than just uh, engaging visual and and the reliable functionality. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, but but the, the first and foremost question you should ask yourself is: uh, Here's my suggestion. You know, what are your main reasons for needing a new website? You know, you have to identify why and what what are the reasons. And this way, you know, you can maximize your return on investment. You know, when you have really you have a set of um, uh, specific goals and object objectives. That's right. That's right. And the way I look at it is that when we're starting to work on the website, the the very first thing we have to ask ourselves, who is the website for? So really, the website is an outward facing tool. So it's not really for your internal organization all the time. But most Mm -hmm. of the time, I think 90% of the time it's for the people who are searching for you online. So it's really for your audience. And then uh, you have to come back and understand who are really our, our audiences, who are we trying to communicate with? So um, without without having a clear understanding of who we are actually trying to present ourselves to, I, I don't think we should even go into a deeper discussion of like what we should put on the homepage or what we should put on the website. So um, I guess understanding of, of your audience is one of the very first things that we should do. And uh, at the same time, the other thing that I think about is what are the most important services that you have? So mm. we start with the audience first. So we know that these are one or two or three main audiences that we have that we want to speak to. And the next step is how can we really help them? Uh, 
So your services are really that. Your services are really a way to help your audience. So yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Osamu. So um, like what you said, your main reason. So why do you need a why do you need a website? Like why you do what you do? So communicate that, and then understanding who you do it for, who is the audience, and I guess uh, what how can you actually help that audience? Okay, that's great. That's great. So, Samu, you mentioned that your website should actually have um, a concrete business goal. There has to be a reason for your website to exist. So, uh-huh. how can we actually align the website with the organization's business goals? Yeah, uh, we use uh, smart goals. You know, we ask you to set up a smart goals. Uh, be specific and measurable, and attainable, and re- relevant. And time based, so that's a smart goal. You know, uh, with this in mind, uh, we ask, what are the top three business goals or needs for your business for um, for your new website? Uh, I give you an example. Uh, you know, some client uh, came up to me the other day saying, you know, I just did this exercise. You know, what's your goals? You know, what do you want? Why do you need your website, new website? Mm-hmm. And they say, oh, uh, okay, my website to be mobile-friendly and we like to have a sign-up form on the website so that the people can sign up on, on your newsletter. And that's uh, just a component. It's not really your business goal. All right, so people right. get confused about that. Now, right. the, the SMART goal, uh, I give an example. So SMART goals is something like this, you know, we want to increase email signups by 15% in six months so that mm. we can grow our list of supporters to increase the potential for donations. You know, something like, uh, you know, 20% increase in membership by the end, uh, end of the year. Or like reduce admin cost by 30% in 12 months. You know, really specific. You know, so it has to be really tangible. So, uh, uh my client or you know my prospect usually you know having actually a hard time to identify these goals but that's the kind of first step uh, you know you have to take yeah that's right that's right so what you're saying is that the goals should be uh, designed in a smart way so using the smart principle where it's very uh-huh. specific right and measurable at the same time Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah I, I, and actually, you know what? Like when you define your goals really well, um, I I find that it's significantly easier to reach your goal when you when you actually have a target, without yeah. having a target. Like like so. So if if you're actually uh, driving your car, for example, if you don't have a destination, like where are you driving to? Right. So, so, uh, so yeah, running exactly. a business is, you know, so running a business is very similar to that. So, uh, running a business or an organization, a not for profit or association, I guess you always have to define your goal first. Once you know what your goal is, then I find that it's much easier to actually build the steps that lead to that particular goal. And the website is exactly the same. So, once we define the goal, it becomes much more, much easier for us to actually implement the steps in between. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. And the way I look at it also at the same time is that your website kind of like serves two different goals at the same time. So when someone comes to your organization or comes to your website for the first time, he's a new visitor and he kind of doesn't know your organization that well. So Mm -hmm. if it is someone like that, then I guess you have to make a very good first impression. So you have to tell them um, what you do right who you are what you do why you exist so that is the very first thing and then also at the same time there may be people who know about you and they're returning they're coming back to your website over and over again so um, then how do you actually present yourself to repeat visitors 
then what would be your goals for the new visitors and what would be your goals for the repeat visitors? So defining those two, I guess, separately. And because and what happens is that this is the kind of scenario that every single organization will get into. They have one audience which is new. They have another audience which is kind of a repeat. Mm-hmm. So so how, how so what are our goals like for each of the audiences? And sometimes we will get into this um, a bit more in detail later on. But even for repeat visitors, people might have different audiences. Within repeat, we might actually have two to three different types of audiences that you serve. Then how do you what are how do you define your goals for each of your audience? Mm. And then after that as well, what I find, like you said, Osamu, that you have to have solid goals. Then when we are actually implementing the steps in between, how do we actually measure whether we are getting to our goals? So is yeah. do we really have a way to measure progress? If we don't really have a way to measure our progress, then we probably don't know whether we are making any progress or not. Right. It's not always easy defining, uh, measuring progress and defining what success looks like. But unless you have a definition of success, how how do you even know that you're succeeding? Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, So somehow building on top of that, uh, like we discussed that uh, you might be catering to different audiences. You might be serving two different, two or three different audiences at the same time. So how would you design your website to actually cater to different audiences like that? Yeah. So as you said earlier, uh, so defining um, your audience is, is is a first step. Um, you, you've got to know who they are. You know, you've got to know like who you are doing this for, and then uh, you know you you need to know as specific as possible. You know, who are your ideal audience? Like who they are, even like how old they are, and the, what mm. gender. Right you know, and what their interests are. So you you know you have to go go through that. You have to really identify it. And uh, it's a simple way is, uh, you know, I ask, you know, it is important to ask yourself uh, who are the top three to five reasons your ideal audience will visit your website. You know, if it's like a, your existing web, uh, existing uh, users, mm. what are the reasons? Why are they visiting your website? You know, for, as an example, you know, they're probably visiting your website to um, uh, browse your publications uh, maybe they are looking for your events and programs. Uh, they are looking for your membership information, and you know, looking for maybe volunteer volunteer opportunities. So right. uh, yeah, so I usually talk to uh, my client, you know, just to give us a reason why are they coming to your website. You know, what do you think? Yeah. So you kind of define um, top three to five reasons for each audience. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that will kind of like highlight the key services and how you can really help them when you can define their reasons. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, as an example, like people said, you know, uh, they come to our website because they are looking for uh, our events. You know, we do, you know, seminars and workshop, so on. Okay, then, you know, we have to really focus on uh, creating some UI, you know, better user interface and the experience for, you know, the calendar event, you know, so something like that. So, we, you know, we can come up with uh, uh, some solutions. That's right. That's right. Mm. Yeah. So this reminds me of a project that we did very recently. So it was for a private school out in Calgary. 
And uh, at the very beginning, we did a did kind of a road mapping with them, similar to what we are doing today. So we went through this exercise with the client, with the head of school and their team. And we found out that they really have two very different audiences that their website is serving. So one audience is people who are, uh, so, so since they're a private school, so their yeah. target audience is definitely um, parents. So parents yeah. who are looking to enroll their kids into school. So, so um, the first audience was really parents who are not sending their kids to their school yet. So for them, they're really trying to find out more about the private school, you know, like, like who they are, what they do, how are they different, you know, so there, there is that. And on the other side, they have this another huge population, like this huge audience of existing mm-hmm. parents. So parents who are already sending their kids to that particular school, right? So right. then we, we found out that the messaging for these two audiences was so different. It was so different. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Right. Um, and, and kind of what was happening before is that their website, their main website was actually serving both audience at the same time, you know, yeah. which was not right which was not right at all because the messaging is lost uh, when you do that. You're saying two different things on the same page, right? Targeting two different people. So um, when we took on this initiative uh, after long discussions with their head of school, what we realized is that uh, the website, the front, the front end website, the website that is uh, visible publicly to everyone, that is really a marketing vehicle. That is really a marketing tool. So probably our main target, main audience for that website should really be new parents, parents who are looking to send their kids to school, not parents who are already enrolled with with their school. So... When we realized that the like the whole the whole like concept the whole design and everything else just changed everything changed yeah. then we kind of like split the existing existing parents to a completely different website so now like they have a separate portal where which is catering to their parents who are whose kids are already going to that school so mm-hmm. that way any messaging and anything that we do is just targeted towards them and then the main front end website the marketing website is really catering to new parents parents who are looking to uh, looking to to find more about that school to to, mm-hmm. to actually send their kids there so yeah so so that was a very very revealing experience for us we found okay yeah that, so, that sounds like a challenging uh project yeah yeah know, yeah for sure two, for sure two different audience yeah but that's true yeah and then well, what also we found out is that uh, we have these two audiences, but there are more there are more audiences. So there are some regulatory bodies that uh, that actually oversee the work of uh, private schools and all other educational institutions. So regulatory bodies need to be able to find certain information. So mm-hmm. we had to cater to them. And then how do you cater to donors at the same time? So yeah, so like uh, target, yes. like helping different audiences is is actually challenging, you know, but it's fun at the same time. So Osamu, this brings me to the next topic, and I think I want to dive a little deeper into the um, actual content and design of, of the website itself. So whenever we come to a website, the first thing that we see is the main banner at the top. So uh, what are your thoughts on the main banner? What should we show there? Yeah, so that's the, the so you're talking about banner, so that's like the, usually homepage or landing page on, on the very top, right? That's right, exactly. That's so the, cool, yeah. the, fir- the first thing that you see above the fold. Yes, again, like most of my clients are non-profit, so I'm going to speak to, uh, you know, kind of their point of view. Sure. Uh, you know, like I don't really recommend that, you know, they should put uh, their organizational mission first. So the important thing for non-profit organization is, you know, you need to state why your organization exists and how you can achieve your mission. So those two things right. and why, you know, why why your organization exists and how you can achieve it. So I give an example. 
Um, there is a, um, a non-profit organization it's called a Charity Water. Mm-hmm. So uh, they are, if you look at their website, so that's... Yeah, you know, I know them. Their website is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and the message is simple. So this is what they say. One in 10 people lack access to clean water. So mm-hmm. we are on a mission to change that. And here is how. And there's, you know, there are three things uh, they talk about how, you know, how they can change it. And then another one I saw was, uh, it's called Embrace. That's an, another organization. It's called Embrace. They said each year, more than 1 million babies die on their birthday. Oh, it was no. pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, uh, the good nonprofit website contains, uh, I will give you three things. First one is awareness of a problem and awareness of a solution. That's number two. And then the Mm. third is motivation to become a part of the solution. So that's usually be included on the top part of homepage. That's my suggestion. Yeah. That is so powerful. That is so yeah. powerful, Samo. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, so I think I totally agree with that. So awareness of the problem first and then awareness of the solution and how can you become part of the solution? How can you actually help the change? How can you help improve the world around us? That's mm-hmm. amazing. That's amazing. So I just want to add one more thing here. Um, so uh, on, on top of that, uh, I was just researching some websites, popular websites this morning, just to see uh, what are people doing on their on their like main main homepage, right? And the first thing that I saw was slideshows. I was like, oh my God, no, not again. <laughs> three websites I browsed, three popular sites, they all have slideshows. So yeah. <laughs> the slideshow yeah. is coming you know it's going away so you have like two seconds to read two lines right uh-huh. you never read the line but you re- it doesn't really make any impact so the one thing that i would probably say uh, so you said what we should do i think one thing also that you should not do is no slideshows please no slideshows on the on the main above the fold section of your website because really slideshows you're trying to communicate a lot of messages at the same time using slideshows yeah. Um, and what happens by doing that is that you're not communicating communicating anything properly. So your so your main message, the key message you want to deliver, that kind of gets lost. Yeah. So if so, I, I would say if your organization right now has a slideshow on your main website, uh, a step away from that would probably be you know like not like re- replace the slideshow. If you had three messages there, put the messages side by side or maybe above each other on the on yeah. the same page, all together yeah. at the same time, right? So maybe they're they're catered to different audiences or maybe they're different services that you provide. If that is the case, right, show them all at the same time. That's fine. That way your audience will be able to pick which one they're interested in. They'll click on a link and they will actually dig deeper. Yeah. As as opposed to all three messages getting lost, this is probably better. Okay. That's good, good. No, I I agree if I had, yeah, slider is, is, you know, it it kills everything. And actually I have a client still, they use... um, they put the seven to eight slider. No. Slider. Yeah, slides. <laughs> eight slides. And then uh, each slide uh, changed like uh, every three seconds. So that means right. about 24 seconds to go through the eight slides. And I've, I've been telling them, you know, uh, you cannot do that. Nobody's going to look at it. And they, But it's uh, they can't just make a decision. They said, oh, I need this. I need this. I need this. You know, let's put everything. And put everything in a slider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Everything on the slider. That's right. I mean, this is probably, uh, you know, you and I understand it's more like a user experience. You know, people's not going to, you know, people are busy. 
you know, they don't have time to browse your website, look at the, you know, 30 seconds on the homepage. Um, you know, the first thing, especially in the mobile device or tablet, they're going to just swipe up, right? You know, they're going to just swipe up or, you know, like scroll down and they're not going to have time to look at sliders. So I agree with you, you know, don't put uh, those sliders, you know, just uh, put one one message. That's it. Right, right. Okay. So that kind of brings me to my next topic. So we uh-huh. talked about the main main part of the website about the fold. The next the most important thing for a website is probably the navigation. So oh, some, yeah. how would you approach designing the navigation? Yeah, that's a harder one. Um, I have to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. You know, yeah, you know, it is important. Uh, not main navigation, uh, the menu navigation is to help us find the content. And it should be simple and intuitive, right? And uh, um, yeah, it is one of the most important aspects of designing a website. So uh, the first step is planning. Uh, we develop a sitemap first. Uh, I put the sitemap together as a diagram. I mean, you can mm. you can you can use a spreadsheet uh, to a different levels of information. You know, uh, such as about us. You know, about us page. You have mission and your vision, and probably your staff members, mm-hmm. and probably your board members. You know, there's uh, different layers, different levels of information. So you have to put those that. And you have a contact page and the programs and the event page and the membership information. And you probably have annual report somewhere. And then, you know, where you're going to put an annual report, you know, should it go under about us? Well, you know, something like that you have to decide. And then uh, I prefer using um, a diagram. It looks like a family tree type of thing. Mm. It's visualized and it helps me and it helps my clients. Yeah. Uh, so that's, you know, if you are not doing that, uh, I really suggest do that for the first step. Um, and a couple more things. Um, avoid drop-down menus. I tend to avoid drop-down. Uh, it's annoying. And, it, as a, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, you know, you and I read lots of user testing and the user experience report. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So the users move their eyes much faster than they move their mouse. And right. and then, and when they move their mouse to a menu item, they likely decide to click, and then you know you get more option if you use drop down, and it, it seems to be a hiccup. So especially it's painful on on mobile phone if you have the drop drop downs. So I tend to uh, avoid drop down menus. You know, go to apple.com. There's no drop down. You know, Apple site they have lots and lots of content. You know, if you look at their site map, probably it's complicated. But actually, mm. you know, when you go to their site, you know, use mobile phone. It's so simple and intuitive. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And also, I want to mention another website, not because I'm a fan, but uh, just the website is so cool. So also look at Tesla.com, oh, how, yeah. Tesla, you know, how Tesla is actually presenting their products. They have, uh, they have very complex cars. Cars have very complex features, like extremely, mm-hmm. extremely complicated. But the way they actually simplify their menu, if you go to their site, all, there's almost no menu at all. So, oh, okay. um, so, so you'll actually find like the power of simplicity. 
And yeah. when you actually simplify your message through your menus, um, the one key thing that is important for you to communicate really stands out. It really stands out. And yeah. by having many drop-down menus, giving people too many options, I find that the key message gets lost. Mm. Okay, yeah. sounds good. So, so Osamu, uh, if you're saying that we shouldn't be using drop-down menus, but there may be websites that are actually very deep, then how would you approach designing the menus in that case where you do need to send people to different places, so many places? <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, um, I, I suggest um, you know, the main menu items to be at uh, the five to seven items. I mean, I know it's hard. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to have really, you know, good discipline to do that. Um, now, back to your question. Uh, I have a good example. I mean, if you if your website has like uh, ten pages, you know, that's easy. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can put the five menu items on the top. But uh, I'm working on the, the big website. This website has two hundred pages. It's very challenging. Two hundred pages, right? Um, yeah, and then uh, so I'm still kind of figuring this out how we can simplify um, so that the the user can browse those two hundred pages content. But again, like you know, two hundred pages, but uh, you have to have kind of hierarchy. You have to you have to have different kind of levels, you know, 200, 200 items. But, uh, you know, what's the probably top 10 content people want to uh, get some information. So you have to kind of have uh, uh, prior prioritize uh, those page, pages too. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So what you're saying is that we should probably take the users on a journey. So they yes. start with the first uh, five to six items, uh, menu items at the very beginning. And then from there, if they want to dig deeper, so they probably are interested in only one menu item, they click on that, and then we take them on a journey in a hierarchical order. So they go into that page and then walk them through the, the inner pages and not blast them with all the information at the very beginning. Right. That's great. That's great. Yeah, and like you mentioned, Osamu, uh, if you have a website with 200 pages, 200 uh, individual links that you need to put somewhere, what do you do? We, we came across that challenge as well uh, a number of times. And what we did is um, we, we kind of like using spreadsheets for doing our navigation planning. Yeah. And what we call it is information architecture. Yes, so, yes. Um, so what we do is that before doing anything at all, one of the first steps uh, when working on a website would be to, number one, create the roadmap like we are doing today. Mm-hmm. And the immediate next step would be to create the information architecture. So the information architecture in, in that, what we would typically do is we we run a script or a crawler to uh, gather all the links on the website that are already there right now, every single page. So we run mm-hmm. the we run the crawler, then it uh, spits out an Excel file and that Excel or a CSV, mm-hmm. that file will actually have a flat link, like one line link to every single page and the page title. So um, that kind of gives us an inventory to start with that, okay, you know what, these are all the pages that we have on the site right now. Mm. Now that now that we know what the current pages are, how can we kind of like mash all the content together and recreate the new navigation? 
recreate the new information architecture. Yeah. So so then we organize all that content, group them together. Maybe we'll com- combine five, six pages together into one. Maybe we will um, discard many pages uh, right away because like, they are not needed anymore. And then what we would do is we'd actually create the information architecture on the Excel first. Mm. So on the Excel, like, like you said, uh, some navigation planning is the, is the first thing that you would do. Yeah. So we do the planning on Excel. Mm-hmm. So on Excel with multiple levels of navigation in there. Yeah. And once the Excel is done, we kind of have uh, an outline of the content that we want to create. Mm. So, and then maybe from there, we take it back and design the navigation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. This is good. This is good. So some um, going deeper, oh, we talked about the um, main banner, like the main area above the fold. We talked about the navigation. Yeah. Then what do you think is the role of content? How would you plan, design, and implement your content on the website? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the great content makes your website stand out and you know, make your website unique um, and attract more visitors. Now, the design individual elements and videos, you know, these are, uh, in, in my view, so these just provide secondary support roles. You know, design itself does mm. not sell, you know, good content sell. Um, now, I want to talk about probably content marketing. I don't know. This is probably a good uh, topic. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you probably heard the term content marketing, uh, but, you know, may not be sure what it means for for the listener <laughs> yes yes for sure yeah. now the content marketing involves that the creation and the sharing of <laughs> medias and the publishing content and then in order to like then you you acquire customers right mm-hmm. um you know this this kind of this information can be presented in different format you know sometimes uh you can use blog posts and news uh videos you know videos these days, it's really cheap and easy way to uh, produce that through YouTube. And then uh, for nonprofit organization, like in your case, maybe white papers, and you can use infographics and case studies and how to guide. Oh, and the podcast, you know, this is, you know, exactly this is, you know, what we are doing. What we are doing, yes. Yeah, yeah. And the, so the content marketing is one of the best way for marketing your website and promoting your cause. Uh, you know, you, you gotta, you, you know, of course, you have to post the relevant and valuable and updated information on your website, and this actually boosts uh, search engine optimization and help position you as uh, as an expert, and uh, you know, it allows you to build a relationship with your audience. Um, and and the search engines love content, especially you know, frequent updated content. So uh, I would suggest that, um, you know, use blog posts and, uh, you know, like podcasts like that. And, uh, you know, news, you know, you're going to produce a report anyway and a white paper and then, you know, different kind of format. And then keep updating, keep updating content and put on your website. And we do, you know, like you and I develop a website so that, um, that they can, easily update the content you know without without actually hiring us so um i really suggest that uh, you know they should be adding more content frequently 
That's right. And I yeah. totally agree with that, Osamu. And another example that comes to mind, uh, like you and me, we are kind of like geeky designers. So you are stronger <laughs> on the design side. I am stronger on the software side, right? So so for people like us, geeky designers and developers, we kind of don't like uh, writing and communicating that much, right? Mm. So we, we enjoy our craft. We enjoy doing what we do. But we don't always enjoy sharing the work that we do. We don't always uh, enjoy talking about the work that we do. Mm-hmm. But um, so no matter how good work you do, no matter how good work your organization does, unless you share, unless you speak about them, unless you share, share, uh, talk about them on your website through blogs or some content, no one will, will even know that you do that, right? Yeah. So all the great work that, that, that you're doing, all the talent, all the, all the skills, all the knowledge that you're developing, all the good work, they remain trapped in your head, in your minds, in the minds of your organization's team members. Yeah. So, so I find that the, the, your website, your, your content, your blog, it, it is kind of a way to um, express all the knowledge that you have to the rest of the world. Exactly. So I, I strongly recommend, you know, I strongly recommend getting your team involved. Uh, maybe not everyone because people are busy, so at least a few, few key team members to actually understand what they're doing and share that, share that with the rest of the world, share, share the success, share the failures, share your lessons learned. And like everything has value because there there may be a smaller organization who's kind of like following your path and they can learn a lot from the work that you are doing. Yeah. So, you know, so I, I, I find that uh, this is the one thing that so many people don't do. They don't want to share their work. Hmm. And another thing that I find that works really great for us is, uh, so what is the role of your content? So uh, if you're trying to maybe acquire more clients or visitors for your website, then if you if you just tell people to donate right away or if you tell people to volunteer or support your cause with, by buying something right away mm-hmm. with a message to buy, buy, buy all the time, you know. So that is uh, that I find a little aggressive, you know, like why would someone buy from you up front when they don't even have a relationship with you? Yeah. Right. So so it's like walking out on the streets and then asking a girl to marry you. You know, hey, will you really marry me? How weird is that? Right. You don't even know each other. Yeah. You don't even know each other. So uh, your content kind of um, bridges the gap. So mm-hmm. when you publish content, when you write about your work and when you share your work with your audience, this this gives you a bit of a softer approach. Mm-hmm. So you are slowly sharing the, the great thing that you do and you're building the relationship step by step, mm-hmm. not just jumping in. And, uh, and and this may also be for the first-time visitor. So for the first-time visitor who's coming to your website, yes, uh, you, you need to share your cause, but don't tell them to donate right away. You know, I think it's too much to ask for someone yeah. who just came to your website and don't tell them to buy at the same time, yeah. right? So maybe build mini bridges in between with your content to actually um, build a relationship with them, like make it easier for them to engage with you. Yeah. So, you know, and um, when we're writing content, something that I find that uh, kind of works great is uh, we like to paint the dream, mm-hmm. uh, similar to what you said, uh, that you have to um, uh, you have to talk about the problem, like what problem you're addressing, and then what is the solution and how can you be part of the solution. Mm-hmm. So so we, we totally believe in that. We like to paint the dream up front that, hey, you know what, you are here today. But with some with some effort, with some work, you can be at this place. You can be in um in in this wonderful position if you just put in the put in the effort to do that. Mm-hmm. So we kind of paint the dream up front, mm-hmm. you know, and then we take the person from there on a journey. And um, another thing that we kind of uh, enjoy doing, and when we write articles or write anything, is to use an inverted funnel analogy. So mm-hmm. what that really means is this is a popular term in journalism. So if you're if you're a journalist, you'll use that a lot. 
But copywriters and content writers like us, we don't usually use it that much. Mm. So what this means is that um, if the person only only read one sentence on your on your web page, mm-hmm. they will read only one sentence and 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 uh, switch away. What is the one thing do you want to tell them? Mm. The one message that you want them to uh, take away from that page? Mm. That is the first thing you should be telling them on the first line. Mm. So any content, tell them that one thing first that they need to know, and then what what would you want them to know next? Right, so this will probably build around the first topic. Uh, go go into slightly more depth, slightly more depth. Go deeper, mm-hmm. and as you as you keep uh, scrolling down, like um, in the lower part of the content, you should probably go deeper and deeper and deeper. But right. really, this inverted funnel, you know, that really helps a lot. Yeah. So the idea here is to kind of like is to get to the point as early as you can, yeah. and then explain on top of that. Yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah. So when you say the funnel, so probably at the, at the bottom of the page has some call to action, so that people can yes. click. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. For sure. For sure. So when you actually come to a content, don't leave them hanging. They read an article. Um, so where can they go next? You know. So after finishing this article, maybe provide a link to a related article that they're tempted to click. Yeah. So uh, what what we find is that in in, con- in content marketing and overall, whenever you're sharing any content or any piece of idea with any audience, always give them a next step. Yeah. And the next step should not end anywhere. The next step should end when the when the user wants to navigate away. But mm-hmm. you, as a designer, you you should always give them a next step from any page. Yeah, yeah. And another, th- yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So another thing that we that we're finding nowadays is that people uh, people write these really short blog articles, maybe like four hundred, five hundred words, that don't really they really scratch the surface. Mm. They don't really get into the details of anything, you know. So if if I really wanted to learn about a topic, I I want to learn something that is deep. I want to dig deeper into into an idea, mm. right? So we find that many many blog articles or many content that people write they're so shallow, they're so superficial, mm. and they don't go deep into the into the into the problem. They don't go deep into the solution. Mm. So we find nowadays is that depth is very important. So when you actually write an article or anything that is that has a depth in it, people think that you are the thought leader. People mm. think that you are doing good work. People know your work better. So so yeah. So there was a time where we kind of thought that people are too busy and long articles are bad. Um, I guess we're, the industry is coming back and realizing nowadays again that you know what, long articles may not be bad. Long articles are actually better. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's good. Um, so, Osamu, when you approach a new design project or website project, uh, how do you ap- approach the project overall? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, mine is really long. I take lots of steps and lots of uh, kind of you know I do discovery session and strategy session. Uh, so, mine is really long, but uh, you know maybe I can probably go through that. Um, Sure, sure. Yeah. We would love to hear about it. <laughs> yeah. So the first, yeah, the first thing is, you know, uh, we really have to understand the client issues and needs, right? So uh, each organization has its own objectives. As I, you know, as I said earlier, you know, they have to identify objectives and the goals, and that we take time to learn about their objectives, why they need, you know, why they need a new website. And then the next step is strategy session. So, uh, so we have to have a conversation to gain, clarify uh, their marketing, like, even like competition. And mm-hmm. then, uh, you know, then I will show you, you know, the best website strategy for growing your audience and the business too. 
So uh, we have to really understand their marketing strategy. So I ask, you know, I ask them, uh, what's your online marketing strategy? What's your existing marketing strategy? You know, doesn't have to be online. What's your offline marketing strategy? So we have to, uh, you know, talk about that. Usually they don't have really strategy. You know, they're going to say, oh, I want to have uh, more members. You know, how, how can we get there? You know, like I like to gain more email list, you know, or let's put the sign up on the, on the, on the homepage, but it doesn't really get you there. You know, you have to mm. think about, you have to create a new emailing campaign. You know, you have to, in order to do that, you have to create a new content. So, uh, yes. you know, we have yes. to go through the different sessions. Then, then we're going to start on, you know, oh, let's start a website. So then we, we're going to, the first step is uh, developing a sitemap. You know, sitemap we talked about, you know, I'm using a diagram and then uh, organize information structure for your website. So that's a kind of first step to start a web project. Then mm-hmm. the next step is the developing wireframe. So that you know wireframe. Um, so wireframe is just the uh, the showing the layout, you know, here is a picture is here and the content is here. Now, if you have video, video should be, you know, this location. So it's kind of give you some visual uh, layout so that we can analyze the user interface and the user experience. So once we finish that and we move on to the design and the style, you know, we have to, uh, I mean, if you have um, a branding guideline, already so we can use that and then we mm-hmm. can incorporate uh, the color scheme you know typeface and other design element and if you don't you know we're going to probably talk about you know look at their existing brochure and then you know look at uh, existing logo and then uh, you know we can create um, um, the design you know as best as possible to incorporate uh, their existing uh, materials Osamu, I have a question for you here. So when we are talking about design, you mentioned wireframing and then uh, coming up with the design and style. Mm -hmm. At which point do you kind of like um, create an outline for the content? So do you write content, uh, organize the content before this? Or would you write the content later or any Uh, page? Oh, it it depends. Uh, We have writers too. And then uh, writer and editor and then, uh, you know, some case, uh, we take care of the content, but the most of the case, you know, they want to write their content. So, mm. uh, but the which point, it, I think after we develop a sitemap, I like to have content first. Right. Yeah, before, right. before I develop wireframe. Yeah, because yeah. when you're doing the wireframe, what you're really doing is you're taking the content that really needs to be highlighted and putting them together in the wireframe yeah. to show how the content has to be presented. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. And then, uh, so after we finish design the style and we move on to uh, website development, which is kind of coding. Uh, so we have to do, and then uh, make sure that uh, uh, the website to be, to be, you know, the responsive design to optimize for mobile devices and so forth. And we, you know, we we do testing too. You know, we test uh, different devices and then uh, different browser. Yeah. So then, hopefully, we can launch the you know the web website. And after that, the finally we uh, we we provide uh, training so that, that they can manage, update in house. 
So it's, it's, so it's, it's a this, long process, yeah. Oh, no, for sure, for sure. It's, it's a lot of work. People uh, don't always realize the amount of work that should go in, that should really go in, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Osamu, um, you, you mentioned that you do the wireframing and designing. And uh, during all that process, how do you keep the client in, uh, engaged? Oh, the client, like, make sure that... So your question is how, we, how I can... Uh, uh, so how do you use their feedback, pretty much? How do you right. take their input in the process? Yeah, so we um, we do a weekly call, like weekly meeting. I mean, this okay. can be over the phone. Usually, I use a Zoom uh, kind of video chat, mm-hmm. and then uh, yeah, this really help both. You know, like both, like uh, you know, I can I can show them our progress, and also uh, you know, like we have to we have to stick stick to our our timeline timeline that we originally agreed on so uh the weekly weekly meeting really helps to uh, just uh you know keep everything on track like for example actually i'm gonna have uh three weekly meetings today so you know one mm. because i still don't have content i'm still waiting <laughs> for content you know this happens right. to you too right yeah, yeah. so uh so I, this is kind of opportunity for me to say okay so what's happening here, you know, uh, you know, the content should be delivered, uh, you know, by Thursday, you know, yesterday, but uh, I don't still have it, you know, let's discuss, you know, how, how can we help, you know? So this is, uh, this is really help every week. Uh, you know, this could be only 15 minutes, you know, it could be half an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this really helps uh, both me and the client to, you know, keep everything move forward. Right. Yeah. So the message that I'm getting from this is that it's very important for the client's team to be actively involved in the process. Absolutely. And, yeah. You know, yeah. So it, it's not like that uh, you can just hire a web designer, give them everything, walk away, let them do their work. You know, it, it's never like that. It's never no. like that. So it's really a shared responsibility. Yeah. So so if you're hiring a web designer or a, or a, or a web agency, then uh, they're really what they're bringing to the table is their expertise and their experience and their ability to do things. But really, the voice, the the real voice, and all the messaging is yours, is the organization's own. Yeah. So the web designers can amplify that voice. So as yeah. designers and developers, what we do is we amplify other other people's voices. Yeah. But the voice has to come from within of the organization's team and themselves. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. So Osamu, um, at, uh, so we are kind of running towards uh, running out of time we are towards mm-hmm. the end now what would be your top three takeaways for your audience today from the discussion that we had so far i guess you know you have to identify your business goals and objectives so that's a that's i mean that's a really top things uh um uh, you have to do you know when it comes to web design because uh, you know it's not just the painting walls, you know, repainting walls, you know, web redesign. You know, you're going to be investing lots of money too, and then uh, you know people thinks you know redesigning websites is going to only a week or two weeks process, but it's not. You know, you have to really spend your spend time to identify goals. You know, ask yourself, right? You know, why right. do you need your website? And also, um, and then the review. Uh, your marketing strategy too. If you don't have it, you have to develop. And then like, you know, you and I, you know, like we can help, you know, we are web consultants. So that's, that's why, you know, we are here. 
and ask you know web designer web consultant see if you don't have any strategy because website is is a it's a really business tool a business machine you know it, it solves your problem so i think uh you know just to, you know before you think about all oh, website to be mobile friendly and a clean design and a simple you know yeah sure web design you know we can do that but you know step back and then really think hard to develop uh, your business strategy and then identify your goals yeah so that's uh you know that's probably the message i like to give uh yeah the all of uh you know non-profit organizations you know who are thinking that's about, right yeah redesign website yeah and this kind of uh, this is kind of the same for any organization not just not for profits so if we, sure. if you have a website you know so if you have a website then your website should kind of like follow this approach and the other thing that also I would like to add on top of that is that the the website that you're that you have it, it shouldn't be a one time thing it should really be a living project yes. because because think about like uh, yourself so if you if you go out and then um if you're going to work every single day do you wear the same clothes no every oh. every single day you you change your clothes you change your clothes and you present yourself in a different way so you're more attractive to to everyone else uh, i kind of find that the website is something very similar mm-hmm. uh, it should really be a living project and um yes it's good to it's good to redesign the whole website all at once but what i find uh, is more powerful is you know what if you can actually make it incremental and build it over time mm-hmm. then i think that gives it a lot more impact absolutely yes the yeah that's right so yeah every time uh even like every month or so uh you have to assess um the google analytics tool you know you can you mm. can use that you know how many visas who are visiting um you know you can really get detailed information you know about your visitors and you got to assess and improve yeah it's you know i mean if you already have uh the web designer and the consultant company like you know have a meeting mm. every every month and then uh, get their opinions and then you know keep improving you are absolutely right about that yeah that's right and the other thing that i find good about incremental development is that it's low risk mm-hmm. so every month if you make a small improvement then you know you're making a small change and if something goes wrong then you can always um, come back from there and do something else as opposed to doing a whole design all in one shot so incremental impor- uh, improvements in incremental development is a lower risk it's easier to do right it's not a massive project so every month if you do a small improvement then it's uh, then it's more bite size it's easier it doesn't take a lot of your time and money either yeah and over the long term i guess with the same amount of money that you're going to invest i find that our clients oftentimes find um, they get a lot more return by doing the project over a longer period yeah i mean that's why it's important to have a goal like you know specific goal because right. if you don't have a goal like you can't really assess you know if you have a goal you can see oh why i'm not getting there you know like let's say if you set up a goal for increasing 50% uh, for more, more members in 6 months and then mm. you know 6 months later you know you're not getting members what's you know what's happening <laughs> So that's that's why it's right. really important right. to uh, you know identify a specific goal for yourself. Yeah, that's right. So define the goal. What you're saying is that you define the goal at the very beginning. Yeah, you take the steps, implement the steps towards that goal, and continuously measure to see whether you're going towards your goal. Absolutely. 
Perfect, perfect. Awesome. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And I think we should do it again. Yeah, it was likewise. really fun chatting. <laughs> so, Osamu, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. So, Osamu, where can people find more about you if they want to get in touch? Uh, you can find me on uh, my website at www.zenideas.ca. Or uh, you can find me, I've got the Facebook page uh, and the LinkedIn. You can search my name, Osamu, O-S-A-M-U. Now, Wakabayashi, that's my last name. I have to spell that for you. W-A-K-A-B-A-Y-A-S-H-I. Uh, I think I'm getting used to spelling my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So feel free to connect to me on uh, LinkedIn and then uh, you know, just send me an email through my website. Perfect, perfect. All right, Osamu, great chatting with you today. Yeah, likewise, Pat. Yeah, this is fun.